you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn with me now to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. My message is a bit condensed today given all the things that we are putting in the service from the ordination to the update from Alive. And, uh, but I believe where we're at in our reading this week with the book of Luke, the Lord uh, just caused a passage to jump out at me as far as how all these things fit together. So we're in Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 35. And before we read from the Word of God, I'm going to pray and ask that the Lord would speak to our hearts. So would you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time together in your Word. I pray that, Lord, you would settle our hearts to receive from you. We thank you, Lord, that your Word is truth, and you sanctify us by your truth. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd come now and you would move in our hearts. We invite you into this moment. Speak to us and help us to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The memory verse from last week was from this passage in Luke 18, specifically when Jesus tells the blind beggar, Receive your sight, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight, he followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. And we're going to walk through this account here of how a blind beggar receives his sight. Imagine with me for a moment as we read this. If there was somebody in here that Jesus walked in and touched their sight and they could see. Put yourself here into this story. Imagine watching Jesus come and minister to this man. Starting in verse 35, the Bible says, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. And when he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David. Have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, All right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God, and all who saw it praised God too. And that's where we're going to stop for our reading here. This story walks us through Jesus healing a man physically. And as I'm sitting on this passage, I felt led to look at this in a spiritual way. You think of the song Amazing Grace, I once was blind, but now I see. 
And I put out in a midweek email a couple weeks ago that when Jesus told this individual that was doing all kinds of ministry, Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. And how important it is to know God. And in that word know, if you break down the Greek, it's to see him for who he really is. And the Bible talks about how before Christ, there's a veil that's over our eyes. Satan has blinded us to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can't see him for who he really is. But then the Holy Spirit begins to work in our heart, in our life, and opens up the spiritual eyes and we see Jesus for who he is and we respond to him in faith. The veil then is lifted. And as I walk through this passage, I want us to consider some of the spiritual application of how God takes people who are blind spiritually and gives them sight. What's interesting when Jesus shows up, there's commotion. I think if Jesus walked through those doors, would it be dead silent in here? Or would people start elbowing each other and go, look who showed up? It'd be commotion. And people would be wanting to talk with him, wanting to be ministered to. And there's all this noise going on. And this man, he gets a little stirred up and he starts asking, what is going on here? He can't quite see, but he knows there's something with this man, Jesus. There's a recognition of God's presence. And I just want to ask this question from us as a congregation. When we walk out of these doors and we go into the communities, is there enough of God's presence with you that when you encounter those who are blind spiritually, do they go, what is up with that person? What's going on here? Is there enough of God's presence in your life that there's a spiritual curiosity from those that you encounter day in and day out during the week. Jesus' presence shows up in this man. He's curious. He wants to know what's going on. It even says that they told him that Jesus was going by. There he is, literally, walking by this man. And then he cries out, Son of David. Who's he referring to? Jesus. He says, Have mercy on me. If that man only knew the significance of what that statement really meant. He wanted mercy on his physical eyes. But perhaps you can think of the moment in your life when you realized that you were a sinner in need of a Savior and God opened up your eyes to the reality of Jesus Christ. And when he does that, you realize how perfect Jesus is and how lost you are and the only way you can get to heaven is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the gospel encounters your life. Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And the man says, Lord, I want to see. And you think, man, is this loaded or what? He wants to physically see. And can you think of the moment in your life when you were looking for answers and you said, Lord, show me. Guide me. Show me the way to salvation. Show me, is there something I'm walking through here that, that I need to make a decision? I need your help. I need you to show me. I want to see. Well, he says, receive your sight, your faith, 
has healed you in Luke 18.42, it reminds me of Ephesians 2.8. If we're talking about this in a spiritual sense, okay? Lord, I want to see. Lord, have mercy on me. A confession there. And Jesus says, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. So in a spiritual sense, as we come to the Lord and we ask for his mercy in our life, Jesus redeems us, gives us salvation, and it comes by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8. I want to camp out a little bit here on Luke 18, 43. Part of your memorization for this last week, but... I think it's interesting. There are several things going on here when this man receives his sight. And maybe you can see some of the spiritual application in this as well. Instantly the man could see. Then he followed Jesus. Right? Then he starts praising God. And then all these people who are witnessing this, they start praising God too. Can you see how there's some spiritual... Analogies here. You think of people when the light goes on and they realize their need for Jesus Christ, they become saved and then they start following Jesus. And lips that used to praise all kinds of things now specifically praise God. And then when people see this kind of transformation take place, they also... Praise God. Maybe that's happened in your own life. Perhaps that's been something you've witnessed in other people, and when you saw that transformation, you gave thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming that person and working powerfully in their heart and in their life. When you think of the words, I want to see... There's something specific there that I just simply ask all of us. Has there been a moment in your life when you've said words similar to that to the Lord? Lord, I want to see. I want to know you for who you are and the redemption that you have for me. And if you zoom out a little bit as far as the, all these other people praising God too, once you're a believer, I don't know about you guys, but I want to see more and more people Go from being lost to being found. From going spiritually blind to being able to see Christ for who He really is and become saved and redeemed. A spiritual awakening and a revival. And we're seeing those things begin to form just in our area. It's pretty neat some of the conversations I've had over the last couple of years. And just what God is doing, not just here at faith, not what He's just doing in our local churches that are preaching the gospel and standing on the Word of God, but He is doing things in our region. And it's amazing to hear the testimonies of some of these things. And I get stirred up, and I don't know about you, but I'm like, Lord, I want to see people move from being blind to being able to see who you really are. Because once you see Christ for who He really is, it changes your world and even how you view the world. You're now looking at the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. I want to see people come to know Him. It's no longer about 
us or, or them. It, it's about Christ and what he wants to do. And he does these things. And I think about Larry and the prison ministry and, and the going into these cells and, and men who are blind. But you bring the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ in and the grace of God encounters them and they can see. And I think of Lance and Miranda. You go into a community and you say, we want to see people come to life. And so you move your family to Rockwell City and a desire you want to see. You want to see people come to know the Lord. In our communities, and perhaps even, let's get a little closer to home, is there someone in your household or someone that's a relative that you want to see come to know Christ? How about your own heart? Are your spiritual eyes open? And do you see Christ for who he really is and your need for him? Are we asking that same thing when the man says, Lord, I want to see? Even though that's a statement, that's a bit of a question. Lord, are you going to do something about this condition? And I think that's for all of us here today. Do you know the Lord? Can you really see? That's the first question. The other question is, are you wanting to see revival and spiritual awakening in your own life, in your home, and your surrounding community? To see God touch and heal, where he says, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. During the Sunday school hour, Larry shared a testimony. And as he was sharing that, I thought, oh man, that is something I think the whole congregation needs to hear. Part of it's a story of a gentleman that he knew that tried to save his dog that was on the ice, that fell through. And part of it, he twists it into his, his own testimony. And he shares a little bit about how God caused him as a blind man spiritually to receive sight. And so, Larry, would you come share with us that testimony? Thank you. I was leaving the prison one night with another volunteer. His name was Jim. Is this echoing or am I okay? All right. And so um, we have to be out of the prison by 8 o'clock at night because they lock the front lobby. And so we were um, up front, and there's lockers there, and we have to leave our uh, wallets and our uh, keys and everything and cell phones in there. So... Uh, we were leaving, we were getting the stuff out of the locker, and it was a blizzard out. It must have been late January, February. It was a whiteout. It was terribly cold outside. And Jim looked at his cell phone, and he said, Oh, man, uh, I've got this uh, couple I've been doing marriage counseling with in Cedar Rapids. They sent me a text. They said, You've got to come and see me tonight. This is very important. And so uh, Jim lived a half an hour east of Cedar Rapids out in the country. He had a nice place out in the country with a pond. And so I said, well, look, I live a little north of Cedar Rapids. We'll kind of follow each other up, make sure neither one of us end up in the ditch, and uh, then uh, you go do your thing. And so we did that, and we reached Cedar Rapids. He went his way, and I went my way. 
And uh, a week later, Jim came into the prison. He came in every week on Wednesday evenings. And uh, this is what he told me happened that night. Jim uh, went and he counseled those couples. That went fine. Everything went great. And then he headed home. He made his way home through the blizzard. He uh, pulled in the driveway. And Jim owns a great big, huge dog. I don't know what kind it is. And I don't even know its name. I'm going to call it Scooby. And so uh, he said, every time I pull into the driveway, I don't even care if it's hailing out, Scooby comes running to my car. And Scooby didn't come running that night. And Jim was worried. He went inside. He asked his wife, have you seen Scooby? And she said, no. And he grabbed a big flashlight, and he went out into the blizzard, and he's looking under the porch and around the bushes and the house and everything. And he couldn't find the dog, and he started shining the light across the yard and onto the pond and he said saw two eyes glowing out of the water Scooby like uh, Russ said had fallen through the ice and who knows how long he'd been in there and Jim could hear him yelping because Scooby knew Jim was there now and he ran down there and he started walking out onto the ice and it started cracking underneath his feet so he turned around and he's trying to think, what do I do, what do I do? He ran to his garage, he didn't have any rope, so he jumped in his car, he went to the nearest neighbor's house, he didn't have any rope. They grabbed a hose, a garden hose out of his garage, they drove back, went down there, they tied the garden hose around Jim's waist and his neighbor held on to the other end of it and Jim started walking out on the ice and when he got near the dog, the ice broke and Jim went under and it's a deep pond and he went all the way under and the water is just freezing cold and the dog had been in there for quite a while now and uh, the, his, he, he was heavy from water, he was waterlogged and Jim, every time he tried to just push him a little bit up onto the ice, they both went all the way under the water and Jim was trying this over and over and pretty soon his... Uh, arms, muscles started tightening up, uh, hypothermia was setting in, he could feel pe- pain in his chest, and Jim came to a moment where uh, he knew he was going to perish. He just knew it, and he had to make the hardest decision he ever made in his life, and he let go of his dog, and his neighbor pulled Jim out of the water, rushed him to the hospital, and Jim ended up okay, and of course, poor Scooby perished. And so, you know, I wanted, I know exactly what was going on in Jim's heart at that very moment because that was exactly what was going on in my heart the morning I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I had never read the Bible before in my life, and I opened it up and I started reading the book of John, and I was under tremendous conviction over my lifestyle and my sins. And I got down on my knees and I actually started crying because I felt guilty about sinning against Jesus who had uh, loved me so much and was so merciful and willing to forgive me. And uh, the best way I can describe it is I knew a decision had to be made. I could shake this conviction off like a lot of people do when they hear the gospel. And I could get up and go about my life the way I had been. And in the end, I would perish just like Scooby did. But... I stepped both feet over the line. It was, there was a finality to the decision. It was a definite and final decision. 
I stepped both feet over the line and I let go of my old life. I repented of my sins and I turned to Jesus and grabbed a hold of him by faith and he pulled me out and rescued me and changed my life. And uh, I've never been the same since then. The Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's not a person today in hell that is called on the name of the Lord, and there never will be. Such a person cannot exist, or God would have to deny who he is. And so today, as you're sitting here, you know, surely there's someone amongst a group or uh, some people who really aren't certain or have not really made that decision to repent and let go of your old life and turn from yourself and turn to Jesus and receive that free gift of eternal life. So I'm going to ask you to do that this morning. I'm not going to ask you to stand up, raise your hand, dance, or say anything. I'm just going to ask everyone to bow your heads, and as we do that, um, open your heart to God, and uh, we're going to pray the simplest prayer you've ever prayed in your life, and you're going to ask Jesus to forgive you. You're going to repent. You're going to turn away from self and your old life and commit your life to following him. Let's bow our heads and just repeat after me um, in your heart. You don't have to verbally say these words, but it's going to be simple because we're talking to Jesus right now. You're going to say, Lord Jesus, right now I turn away from my old life and I commit my life to you and I ask you, Lord, have mercy on me, another sinner, and come into my heart and save me. Amen.